What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. This is Mike Mondo. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the Info Red Titus. This is the king of old school Steve Freno. The ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast? At ROHWorld.com. Stay tuned, wankers. They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 73 of RH Cast. I'm Stephen, I'm the co-owner and the editor of the website and I'm here with John, who is a podcast's worst nightmare. How's it going? Uh, Harry's not here with us today, he's uh, out celebrating after his, uh, the release of his first game. Uh, Tubby Toucan, or Toucan for our American listeners, uh, is now available on the App Store, so if you... Uh, search for it on, on the App Store. It's only for iPad at the moment, so uh, if you've got an iPad, head on over to the, the App Store, look for Tubby Token and uh, give it a download. And I've, I've been assured that it's a good game. I've not played it, but uh, Harry said it's good, although he made it, so I'm sure he would say it's good. <laughs> so yeah, it's just us two for today. Um, we've got quite a, a stacked show, though, to be honest. We've got lots to talk about. We've got the uh, TV show report of the... Uh, the is, that was the first one, wasn't it? The first one from the new That's the papers. first fresh content of the new year. Yeah, it's about six weeks or something stupid like that since we've had uh, fresh TV. Uh, we've got then the news. Uh, there isn't too much news, but there's a couple of matches been announced. Uh, we have then these house show results from last weekend from Dearborn and Milwaukee. And we also have the uh, listener topics that you've sent in. So uh, we'll start off like we normally do with the uh, TV report and uh, go over to John for that. Yeah, finally, finally we have finally. fresh, fresh television to watch from Ring of Honor. It's been about three or four weeks, about a month actually, since Final Battle, and this they were finally just now getting to the fallout from it. And there's a lot of positives actually I talk to actually talk about in this show, but before we get that, there's one negative that I kept seeing on the forums, and that was people had problems watching this show because of buffering. I didn't have that problem. But I know Stephen and quite a few other people on the forums did. So Stephen, were you actually ever ever able to get through this entire show? Well, in the end, I had to resort to watching it on my iPhone. For some reason, on my computer, it just it just wouldn't it just wouldn't load. It would play that the first thirty seconds fine, and then it would just keep buffering every few seconds. Even if I paused it, it wouldn't load the rest of the uh, the show. It must be something wrong with their media player, because you know my internet's fine, my computer's pretty decent i mean the fact that it worked on my iphone proves that it's not my connection so i've got no uh idea why it didn't work um so a few other people on the forum said that they had problems as well so uh maybe something that i should get in touch with rh about and let them know that it's not working because maybe they've got to do something with a media player but um yeah that was the only real letdown for me but apart from that it was a yeah it was a good show and uh the they've actually updated the uh, the intro and all the graphics as well and I think the only downside to the intro was uh, the fact they had to ruin it with uh, Kevin Kelly's trademark. Uh... Soaring and scoring. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't find anything better on commentary than that. They really had to put in soaring and scoring. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. It's kind <laughs> of like it's, it's kind of like his catchphrases. So it's kind of like when I they're think all full ones. <laughs> No, when I honestly, when I think of Ring of Honor and I think of Eddie Edwards, I think of soaring and scoring now. <laughs> it's just how it is. Kevin Kelly has just implemented that in my brain now. But as Steven said, we have an updated, uh, I guess it would be title sequence, opening sequence, 
opening yeah. video montage, however you want to say it. And it was actually looked really good. Yeah, and it's good. It's just a shame that show, it's taken them so long to update it from the old generic one of, was it Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin sort of putting the hats on and, <laughs> and David yeah. gum shielding. And now we actually get, you know, the top stars of Ring of Honor doing their signature moves in the intro. And that's, I think, is a good upgrade. And the production values throughout the show were upgraded. Even the graphics, like the tail of the tape graphics and the bumpers to and from commercials looked really good, too. Mm, everything was uh, a lot more sharp than it was. So it's just a shame that it's taken them over a year to update them. But I suppose now it's uh, better late than never. Yeah, and this is the kind of production values I think Ring of Honor needs if they want to be taking serious because i know people like us me and steven and the people who listen to this we're going to watch ring of honor no matter if it's shot on a vhs camera like it normally is <laughs> yeah and like um, on like like a fishbowl end you know <laughs> we'll watch it because we like the product we like the wrestling but for people just casually tuning in they probably want to see a good looking show and i think ring of honor took a major step forward providing that good looking show starting with this episode but to actually get to the matches themselves, uh, we start the show off with Alabama Attitude, Mike Posey and Corey Hollis taking on, as Caleb Seltzer called them, Team Amphition, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And you have no idea how happy Caleb <laughs> Seltzer saying that made me. So whoever came, I can't remember who came up with that name, but whoever came up with that name, you, that Ring of Honor owe you money because, you know, they're, they're, they're referring to them now as, as that name and... Who's the wannabe now, huh? That's all I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> but this, I was thinking going into this, this was going to be nothing more than a squash match for Fish and O'Reilly. And it really wasn't much more, but Posey and Hollis got in some pretty good offense throughout the match and really made it more competitive than I thought it would be. And it was a really good opener and a great way to start 2013. And in the end, uh, Team Ambition hits the combination uh, kick to the head and brain buster. And Bobby Fish picked up the pinfall on Mike Posey. And I thought Team Man Fishing looked great in this match. I thought Alabama Attitude looked good in this match. And I would like to see Alabama Attitude get into some more appearances in Ring of Honor going forward. Yeah, I, I really do like the, the team of Team Man Fishing. I wasn't too sure at the start, but I think they've done a really good job of you know, making Bobby Fish uh, sort of relevant right from the start and putting him in a, a major sort of uh, storyline and, and putting him with Kyle because Kyle was sort of floundering a bit and not really doing much. So I think they've done really well to put them two together. And they do, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of similar style, so they do uh, mesh together really well. Uh, yeah, this this match wasn't wasn't too bad. I mean, Ring of Honor's, even like Ring of Honor's sort of squash matches aren't really the stereotypical squash matches that you'll see on Raw or whatever. That's like 10 seconds, just one move and it's over. You know, at least they are sort of, semi-competitive matches that are decent to watch but it, it got you know it did its uh, job of putting team and fishing over and they looked uh yeah, they looked really good again so um yeah I'm, I'm i'm really pleased with that tag team so far and they've uh they, they've impressed me i'm uh, moving on uh nigel mcginnis is in the ring and he addresses the jay lethal situation from final battle where uh, mcginnis had to kick lethal out of the building uh, he calls lethal to the ring because he has made a decision on everything that's gone down. And he tells uh, Lethal that he didn't expect him to be the one to step up and try to test him. Uh, McGinnis gives Lethal a warning and says it's the last one he will get. Uh, he tells Lethal if he steps out of line again, he will regret it. Lethal tells McGinnis uh, the last few weeks have been the most frustrating of his career, and he understands the warning, but asks McGinnis what he has to do to earn a title shot against Kevin Steen. And he says he won't wait until Steen loses the belt. 
McGinnis says the only way Lethal can get a shot is if he changes Steen's mind. So this pretty much sets up what's going to happen moving forward, and I thought this was a pretty good segment. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. I know a lot of people were saying that they weren't fans of it, but I I quite liked it. I liked the interaction they had at uh, Final Battle as well. I think Nino Nigel's a good guy on the mic, and I think Lethal's pretty good as well. And now he's, you know, his character's sort of developing more, and uh, as you say, it, it sets up the whole Lethal trying to uh, sort of get Steen into it, accepting a match with him. So yeah, I think it, it you know didn't drag on for too long, and it it worked well. I think. Uh, uh, you know that they are trying to sort of develop Lethal's character even more now with the whole Killer Instinct thing, and I think they are going to turn him heel eventually. And they're sort of so you know planting the seeds, and you know him sort of stepping up to to Nigel, who's you know obviously the big face sort of matchmaker. So uh, yeah, I, I was I was I was fine with this segment. I thought it was pretty good. And one of the biggest complaints about Lethal since he was returned to Ring of Honor was his lack of personality or lack of character. And he's really been able to show it since taking on this Killer Instinct gimmick, I guess you'd call it. And it showed really good intensity during this segment, and I thought it came off wonderfully. Yeah, and Lethal's always been a guy that, you know, very charismatic guy. Like in TNA when he was the, uh, you know, when he had that thing with Ric Flair. And, I, you know, I think he showed then that he has, you know, he, he has got personality and charisma. So, you know, I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of the whole Killer Instinct thing, but at least Ring of Honor did try and, you know, give him something to work with and you know I think he's getting better and and hopefully in the next few weeks of TV and leading up to 11th anniversary show he can sort of uh, uh, you know sort of make that sort of character even more intense as you say and uh, go go towards the uh, the heel turn a, a bit more as well well after the McGinnis lethal segment we get inside ROH uh, they recap Adam Cole's loss to Matt Hardy at Final Battle. Ooh. And on next week's television show, though, B.J. Whitmer will challenge Adam Cole for the TV title. And they give the reason that McGinnis hated the way that Hardy won is why Hardy isn't getting the shot. Uh, Hardy says he won with a wrestling maneuver in a wrestling company, while Whitmer got carried out of the building after crashing headfirst through a table. And he says that he des- that Hardy deserves to get the title shot. Uh, Whitmer says opportunities like this don't come often, so he's going to make the most of it. Uh, it moves on to say Kevin Kelly says Kevin Steen might not be the same since Final Battle. Uh, Carino kind of disputes that and says it will still be the same Kevin Steen when he returns. And then we get a breakdown of the Top Prospects Tournament, which begins on this show. It's actually the next match. Uh, it's the Top Prospects Tournament, Round 1. Mike Seidel versus QT Marshall with R.D. Evans. And in this match, Truth Martini joined Kevin Kelly and Caleb Seltzer at the broadcast booth. And this match was surprisingly decent. I found myself, and it was not a long match, but I found myself enjoying it by the end, which I would have never thought I would say. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought Mike Sadow was actually pretty decent. I've never really been a big fan of his. And, you know, he's been on Ring Run TV sort of uh, as, a, as a jobber a few times, and I've, I've never really sort of rated him. But I thought he looked really good in this match. And, uh, you know, he's I think he plays that whole sort of enhancement talent or whatever you want to call it really well with his uh, sort of size and, and his, his moveset and stuff and I think you know I know a lot of people don't like QT Marshall and I think he's a sort of wrestler that you can't just throw in the ring with anyone and expect a good match I think you have to be you have to put him in the ring with the right sort of person to uh, you know get a good match out of him um, you know I think he needs to sort of be carried to a, to a good match 
rather than him being able to carry anybody else. So, um, you know, it's still early days for him in Ring of Honor, but, uh, you know, he's not, he's not a bad wrestler. He's just a very generic one and a very sort of bland one. And I just don't see anything really from him that sort of warrants his, his place on the roster so far. But, um, yeah, this match, you know, overall wasn't wasn't bad. It was I say, a lot better than I was expecting. And, obviously, yeah, I was quite surprised I might side out. So, yeah, I won't be uh, totally against him uh, having a couple of other matches on Ring of Honor TV either. Yeah, there's an awesome spot where uh, Marshall kind of like flees to the floor and Saito goes up top and hits a moonsault from the top rope to the floor. And then back in the ring, Seidel goes for a standing moonsault, but Marshall gets his knees up. And then Marshall hits the, I guess it's called the God's Gift. I guess that's what they're calling it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, to pick up the victory and advance in the tournament. And this match kind of showed that QT Marshall does have some potential. But like Steven said, he has to be in there with the right wrestler for, for now. There's not saying, you know, he's always going to be like this, but for now he's going to be a wrestler that can kind of carry him to a good match. But as always, Martini was the highlight of this match. He <laughs> had a very good, <laughs> he had a great, great, great line. Uh, I think it was Kevin Kelly asked him about like a potential member of the house of truth. And Martini says that a new member of the house of truth is like a, it's like the glory hole. It's going to be a surprise when he comes, and I just could not <laughs> stop laughing about that. <laughs> uh, he's truth, yeah, truth Martini is great. I, I'm glad that they are keeping him around, and he, he looks like he's going to get a new guy to manage soon, sooner or later. So, uh, yeah, very, very glad that he's going to be sticking around. And then Ring of Honor did something I really liked. Uh, heading into commercial and then coming back for commercial, they had interviews with the two teams in the main event, Cedric Alexander and Caprice Coleman and the Briscoes. Uh, kind of hyping up the tag title match. And I thought that was a really cool way to kind of hype up the importance of this match. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a... I mean, they weren't very long promos, about 30 seconds each. It's just such a really quick, easy easy way to sort of, you know, get people looking forward to that, you know, that the main event. And, uh, you know, rather than having to take up time, you know, maybe having them do an interview in the ring that's going to take a while, you know, quickly do that backstage. And as you say, it's sort of... Uh, it hypes up the main event. And, it, yeah, it was, it was well done. And they were basic promos, too. They didn't say anything too crazy, but it was just enough to make me like, man, I want to see that match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think Alex... CNC are pretty... Especially uh, Coleman. He's He's got sort of... He's a bit strange, but he's sort of... I don't know. He's he's a sort of guy that you wouldn't mind listening to for a while. He's just sort, He's got that sort of... Maybe career somewhere, just something about him that... He seems like the... Like a, like a... Like he should be, I guess he is a preacher, isn't he? Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, Kevin Kelly like represents every single and... match, isn't he? Yeah, I guess I could just sit there and just listen to him talk about whatever for a while, just the way he delivers what he says. Yeah, and I think Cedric Alexander as well. He's, I think he's sort of the quieter of the two, but he's, he's still, he's, you know, that both of them are, are good talkers, and uh, yeah, that they, they uh, they've definitely come a long way over the last uh, sort of twelve months or so. Yeah, and in these two quick interviews, Coleman and Alexander say they respect the Briscoes but they're going to win the titles. And the Briscoes respond, saying uh, they can call Coleman and Alexander their friends, but when the bell rings, there are no such thing as friends. So then we get the main event. Uh, the Briscoes defend the ROH World Tag Team titles against Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander in a great, great match. These two teams just have outstanding chemistry together, and that should be surprising when you have two teams you know, at the level these two teams are at in terms of in-ring ability. Uh, in the end, the Briscoes 
uh, hit the Doomsday Device to retain their titles. But that wasn't. But that's after both teams just go all out. Coleman and Alexander hit the uh, overtime, which is the moonsault slash was it frog splash? I believe yeah, it is. yeah. Uh, Mark Briscoe hits the uh, froggy bow, but Alexander kicks out. Then they finally put Coleman and Alexander away with the Doomsday Device, and this was just a fantastic match and a great, great way to end the show. Mm, as I said, you know, CNC have been improving so much, and uh, I think that that match really solidified them as sort of a top team. And I think, you know, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't win a, a final battle, but I, I definitely think they should be the next uh, tag team champions. I mean, they are, you know, they consistently put on great matches. I can't remember the last time they had a match that wasn't really, really good. As I said, you know, on the promo wise and character wise, they've really improved, and you know, the crowd seemed to love them as well. So, uh, and as you say, these two teams just have seem to have really good chemistry. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, sometimes there's just there's just two teams that really sort of hit it off and they they just put on a, a you know really good match and you know CNC are quite sort of creative in the ring as well and uh you know some of the moves and, and double two team moves that they do are, are really sort of uh, unique as well. So yeah, I've really loved this match. You know, for a TV match it was it was really really good. It wouldn't have been out of place on an eye pay-per-view really and uh yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And the show ends with Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs and Rhino uh, come down and attack the two teams, and Rhino gores Alexander. So I guess this is kind of setting up a future match between Scum and these two teams. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that either. I thought the the match at final battle was pretty good. So uh, yeah, maybe having another three way or have CNC against Scum as a sort of number one contender match or something. Yeah, I thought that worked well in trying to get. Scum back in the title scene after losing that final battle. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a fine way to end the show, yeah. But all in all, it's a very good show and a fantastic way to start the new year. Yeah, it was it was definitely worth the wait. It was very good. You know, the as we said, like all the uh, the graphics and the the opening uh, video package was, was much improved and uh, the show you know, in ring quality was very good as well. So yeah, all around it was a very good uh, very good show to, to watch. So that's the that's the end of the TV report for this week. Uh, we're now going to look at the Ring of Honor news. Uh, I believe John, you've got the news. Sorry, no music this week. As seeing as Harry's out sure celebrating the, the release I'm not sure of the news, then I need my music. <laughs> just but just I'll, pretend it. Just play you know play it in your head maybe and. Or I'll try, I'll try to cope somehow. But there's not really too much news this week. It's mostly just match announcements for. Ring of Honor's return to Cincinnati and for the 11th anniversary show. But uh, the card is coming together for Ring of Honor's Cincinnati return on February the 16th. The main event will see ROH World Champion Kevin Steen, Jimmy Jacobs, and Steve Carino versus Ring of Honor Television Champion Adam Cole, Davey Richards, and Michael Elgin in a six-man elimination match with no time limit. Also on this card is Roderick Strong versus ACH which I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, it'd be good. BJ Whitmer versus Kyle O'Reilly. That'd be really just, good as well. And just added is Mark Briscoe versus Spider Nate Webb and Jay Briscoe versus QT Marshall. I'm a bit I'm disappointed not... with the last two matches. I've never, I've never seen Nate Webb. I don't really know much about him. I don't know if he's good or not. Um, Jay Briscoe against QT Marshall does... I don't know. That doesn't sort of 
scream to me that's that's going to be a fantastic match. But the earlier matches that you said sound quite good. I completely agree with that. I'm, uh, I'm glad they, they are using the Briscoes and more in singles matches. I think that's the thing that they've probably missed out on the last sort of year or so, the Briscoes, having them in more singles matches because they are so good. And maybe they could, uh, you know, have the Briscoes against CNC in singles matches. That would be quite interesting to see. Yeah, and with the tag division kind of beefing back up with CNC and Team Amphition and the American Wolves all around now, you can kind of split the Briscoes up from time to time and have them in singles matches and not hurt the tag division too much while improving the overall card. Yeah, I think that's... That, I mean, they used to do that quite a lot, didn't they? The Briscoes used to... I suppose it's more difficult now that they're sort of champions. You can't really have them, you know, wrestling singles too much. But especially when they lose the belts again, uh, you know, you won't want them, be, you know, them being around the, the belts uh, soon enough to they've lost them. So then maybe have them, uh, you know, maybe go singles for a, a couple of months, you know, in a few house shows and... Because both guys are really good single uh, singles wrestlers as well, so I don't think that would uh, hurt them at all. And you know, they're so popular anyway that them not teaming for a few shows isn't going to hurt them uh, at all. And uh, moving forward to the 11th anniversary show, the IP Review, March 2nd in Chicago, there have been a couple of matches announced. Ring of Honor World Television Champion Adam Cole will defend the belt against the winner of the Top Prospects Tournament. It will be Michael Elgin versus Roderick Strong. Two out of three falls with Martini banned from ringside. So this should be awesome. Yeah, I, I like their match at Final Battle, and th- this one should be even better. I mean, uh, on a quick note, we, we interviewed Michael Elgin last week, so if you haven't listened to that, um, go back to episode 72 and go and give that a listen because he, he said some interesting stuff about the... Uh, House of Truth sort of uh, storyline and the the breakup of the House of Truth and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, that should be a, a great match. Um, Adam Cole against the winner of the Top Prospect. I suppose people will be hoping that QT Marshall doesn't win it, but I, I can see him winning it. But you know, as I yeah. said, you know, if he's in there with a guy who, you know, especially a sort of more mobile guy, more athletic guy, then you know we might see a decent match out of him. Yeah, it seems to be based off what we've seen so far, the type of person Marshall works best with, and that is what Adam Cole is. So yeah. even if Marshall does win it, we could get a pretty good match. And finally, for the 11th anniversary show, uh, Ring of Honor is reportedly working on a dream tag match, but no details have been released yet. Um, I guess we can speculate on who we want to see here? I was thinking of that. I can't really, th- <laughs> I can't really think of any sort of tag teams out there at the moment. Um can you think of anyone? Like, I don't really watch much Japanese. Is there any sort of really high tag teams in in Japan at the moment? I don't. I don't watch Japanese wrestling, so I don't know. <laughs> the only like American team I can think of that's not in Ring of Honor that's just been on fire this past year would be the Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I've never really saw seen them. They're like they're wrestling PWG a lot, don't they? Um, yeah, that's where they mainly wrestle. And they're starting to catch on and uh, dragging at USA and Evolve. So. Maybe Ring of Honor is trying to snatch them up before they get too far into the uh, Gabe Sapolsky promotions where they can't get them. Yeah, uh, I can't really, I can't really think of any any other teams. Um, Unless it's like the Briscoes versus the Headbangers, know, Kendrick, or 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 the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that well, that that would be amazing, Motor City Machine Guns. But isn't is Sabin still out injured? I don't know. I am not sure. I know Shelly's signed with uh, New Japan, hasn't he? So that, I don't know if that'll be uh, 
possible. But yeah, that that would be great. Um, I can't really think of many other tag. That, well, if they're claiming it's going to be a dream tag team match, uh, you know, I, I quite like 3.0. You know, I, I watched the uh, Killer Instinct uh, DVD the other day. Oh, that's another thing. I've, there's a DVD review of that on, on the website now. Uh, the show from uh, Railway, the uh, infamous Jay Lethal going crazy uh, after st- uh, Steam's bat on his uh, on his mum. Yeah, they were on that show against the Bravados, and I thought I thought they looked pretty good. So, but I don't think that that could really be considered a, a dream match. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know Ring of Honor put on a a newswire a few months ago saying that in 2013 they were looking to bring in some new tag teams, and you know already the tag team division is looking much better now with Team Amphition and the American Wolves. So, you know, Ring of Honor has always been known for brilliant tag team wrestling. So hopefully that can that can uh, come true again because I think the last sort of year or so was a bit of a down sort of period in the in the tag division. So. Hopefully uh, it can be beefed up again, and yeah, looking forward to that one. It'll be interesting to see uh, who they bring in. And speaking of tag team wrestling, Jay Briscoe, Jay Briscoe, I should say, <laughs> uh, recently tweeted that the Briscoes do not have a WWE tryout, squashing any rumors that have been floating around the internet. Mm, there seems to be more or less every single Ring One wrestler is reported to have some sort of tryout. Right? I know Adam Cole is reported to have a tryout as well. Um, I don't know if that's 100 percent true or not. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's. I mean, the, I mean, the Briscoe should be in WWE, shouldn't they? I mean, they're that good that they're so entertaining as well. I mean, it's not even as if like they're, you know, just great wrestlers without a gimmick or you know, they're so charismatic both of them and they've got such a. They're just so great that I'm I'm really shocked that they're 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 not in WWE already. To be honest, I completely agree. I. I can't believe they're not in WWE or TNA. They just seem like they could be the face of any tag division wherever they go. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and as for some ROHworld.com news, uh, as Steven mentioned, he did a Killer Instinct review, and you can read his thoughts on that show at ROHworld.com. And Steven, just a quick uh, review of what did you think of the overall show? What What would you give the show? I think I gave it three and a half stars out of five. It was... Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. The main event was actually a really good match up until the end. I wasn't a big fan of of the end, but yeah, the the match up until then was was really good. So I think that bodes well for the eventual Lethal and Steam match that we're gonna get for the uh, the title. It looks like um, yeah, there's some other good, really really good match on there. There was a, a strong and Le- uh, strong and O'Reilly match that was was really good. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a pretty good show overall. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was Briscoe's against Edwards and Cole as well. That was. Uh, that was really good. So um, I think we, you know, with it having such a sort of important uh, effect on Ring of Honor going forward, it was one of those shows that I think people should probably buy just because it was, you know, so important to the uh, the the future and the sort of current storylines. And it was there was several really good matches on there as well. So uh, yeah, it was uh, an enjoyable watch. It was about two and a half hours long as well, so it wasn't too sort of. Uh, That's not bad at all. No, I mean, you know, Ring of Honor shows can last well over three hours, and there's sometimes a bit of a drag. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was an enjoyable show, and uh, yeah, it was a good watch. So I'd, if you're uh, on the lookout for a Ring of Honor DVD to watch, I think that's the the latest sort of house show that there's there's been put out. So yeah, it was a it was a good watch. So go and pick it up at the uh, Ring of Honor store, whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, there's a new column by Dave. Title: Does ROH need Matt Hardy? Where he kind of, I guess, asks the question: Does ROH need Matt Hardy? <laughs> I think the, the, the article is literally just the word "no" and that's it. 
Yeah, he just basically runs down what Matt Hardy's strong points are and if they line up with what Ring of Honor needs moving forward. And then he answers the question if Ring of Honor needs Matt Hardy or not. And you can check out for yourself what his answer is. And that is the news for this week. Right, we'll go on to the uh, the house show results from this past weekend then. There were there were two shows. Uh, Friday and Saturday? Yeah, Friday and Saturday night. On Friday night, uh, Ring Runner kicked off in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, apparently, both shows actually had really good attendances. Uh, there was a couple of guys in the forum that went to the, both shows. And uh, apparently, the attendance for the Dearborn show was estimated to be around 600, which was... Uh, that's really good. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty good for a you know market that's not necessarily known as one of the, the best or the biggest for Ring of Honor. And a return date of July the 13th was announced. So I'm glad that they're sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're getting back into markets that they've sort of neglected and, you know, making sure that they go back and, you know, if, if it was successful, 600 people, and they they go back again and hopefully they'll uh, improve on that and sort of, uh, you know, really uh, solidify it as, as a key market that they, they can go and... Uh, you know, that they know they can draw good crowds at. Uh, the first match saw uh, Team Man Fishing defeat the BJ Express. Um, Jay Lethal defeated Steve Carino. There isn't too much in, uh, information apart from how they won the match. Um, Lethal won with the uh, Lethal Injection, followed by the Hell to the King. Roderick Strong defeated Silas Young with a sick kick. Apparently supposed to be a very good match. Uh, Kevin Steen defeated Tadarius Thomas to retain the RH World Title. Um, bit surprised that they put that that so you know so far down the card. Um, uh, not at all. It, it it said it'd be the first half main event. Yeah. I assume that was the last match before intermission. And yeah. it's Steen versus Tadarius Thomas. That's not going to be a main event match. That's no, a, I suppose not. That's a very good way to like kind of end the first half of the show. I think. Yeah, TD obviously got a good reaction because he's from Detroit as well. So. Uh, uh, next one, Charlie Haas defeated two local wrestlers. I'm not sure if that's their name or <laughs> we just didn't know who that would be the best gimmick of all time. <laughs> two local wrestlers, yeah. Uh, the match started as a singles match, but Haas interrupted about a minute into the match uh, and challenged the competitors to a handicap match. And he quickly picked up the win with the Haas of Pain. So Charlie Haas continuing his uh, streak of just destroying people uh, like he did at the TV tapings as well. Uh, Next up, Proving Ground, uh, Adam Cole defeated Jimmy Jacobs. A lot of people were saying this was match tonight, and I know a lot of people, and uh, a lot of the wrestlers on Twitter as well were saying how good this, this match was, and it's not a surprise really, I mean, both guys are, are so, so good. Um, finish of the match is especially awesome. Jacobs attempted a spear off of a, a reeling, off of reeling from a super kick from Cole, only to be smashed right in the forehead with another super kick, uh, and then Cole hit the Florida key for the win, so... Uh, yeah, this looks like quite a strong, uh, strong show. That um, I think we all expected that match to be really good, though. I mean, I think Jimmy Jacobs will be uh, having a few more singles matches now that it looks like uh, him and Carino are going to have a few more singles, uh, singles matches. So that's good. I hope Jimmy Jacobs gets the opportunity to show his, to show his, uh, his talent as a singles wrestler because he is, you know, a great wrestler, and I hope he, Ring of Honor finally. These what they have in Jimmy Jacobs. Hmm. Uh, Michael Elgin defeated Rhino. Apparently, Rhino cut a pre-match promo that rallied people behind him. He's from Detroit as well, isn't he, Rhino? I think. Pretty yeah, sure. he is. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite a mixed crowd, apparently. Um, but uh, Elgin won after 
made Rhino tap out with a cross face after hitting the uh, spinning back fist. In the main event, the Briscoes defeated the American Wolves to retain the uh, tag team titles. Uh, apparently, towards the end of the match, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly came down the aisle, both in tight-fitting sweaters. So if, that, if that's not a reason to buy the DVD, what is? I mean, come on, that is just... That's really all you need. It's got, it's got me sold. I know, I need a picture of that. I mean, tight-fitting sweaters, team and fishing. I hope they've got, like, the... Uh, the Bravado Brothers sort of uh, jumpers that they wear, and they've got Tim and Fishing stitched in them instead. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Uh, yeah, apparently there was a problem with the ring uh, towards the end of the show. There was um, there was a hole in the ring mat, and apparently the uh, they found it hard at times to, to do stuff. Because uh, obviously, I should imagine it's quite unsafe to have a hole in the ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it was still a good match, though. Um, Davey was setting up a top rope move on Jay, only to see Mark shove him off the top rope through a ringside table. Um, apparently, Kevin Kelly and others did live commentary through the, throughout the night, including Nigel, Truth Martini, and Steve Carino. Uh, Mark then hit the Doomsday device with Jay hoisting Eddie up, but not, did not get the pin. Jay quickly followed up with the Dr- uh, Jay Driller to get the uh, win and send the fans home satisfied. So that sounds like a, a pretty good show and one that's going to sell well on DVD. Yeah, it sounds like a great event. Mm, I mean, you know, tight-fitting sweaters, team and fishing, that's all you need. That, that should Especially be the, I mean, one should that... Tight-fitted, tight-fitted sweaters, that should be just, you know... Yeah, especially one that didn't seem to have much hype going into it at all. Because I was doing the preview and I was struggling to think of reasons why a lot of these matches were happening. But yeah. they seemed to deliver and, and become a good show. Yeah, I think if anything, in my eyes, that's... On paper, afterwards, probably a stronger show than the the Milwaukee one, which was on Saturday night. Um, first match, Adam Cole defeated Silas Young. We haven't got as many as much details on this one as we did about the Dearborn show. Um, Bobby Fish defeated Tadarius Thomas. Uh, Charlie Haas defeated Reptitus. Scum defeated the Briscoes and Jay Lethal. Uh, Rhino hit the gore on Mark Briscoe to pick up the victory. Matt Hardy defeated BJ Whitmer. Um, then came in Rick Titus threw in the towel on Whitmer's behalf as Hardy had Whitmer in a guillotine-like submission. Whitmer had kicked out of two Twist of Fate attempts. Um, after the match, Nigel McGuinness checks on Whitmer and Hardy wants a title shot. Adam Cole comes down and he and Hardy brawl. Hardy hits Cole with the TV title and then leaves with it. So Matt Hardy has stolen the TV title. And is, do you think that's the start of a, a Rick Titus maybe heel turn and him and Whitmer feuding? Yeah, I think that could start a feud between uh, Whitmer and Titus. But that's also a good way of keeping Whitmer strong because they seem to be wanting to push him fairly hard now. Yeah, after... I, I was quite surprised. I mean, I'm not against. I, I really like Whitmer. I think he's he's great, and um, you know, nothing against uh, pushing him. Yeah, but they are sort of you know, giving him quite high profile matches. Obviously, the TV title match, and uh, yeah, they'll be out there. Even in this defeat, I mean, he's he's kicked out of two twists of fate, so they've they've remained him looking strong even though he's, he's lost the match and I think you know that team wasn't good anywhere was it the BJ Express they just didn't gel well and it wasn't very entertaining and I think Titus is, is going to work better as a heel uh, so yeah maybe have Titus turn on, on Whitmer at some point um, I, I, I wouldn't be against them bringing back this Addicted to Love gimmick I thought that was pretty good but, oh that was awesome uh, bring back the bow tie yeah bring that yeah the bow tie uh the match before the main event was Davy Richards against Kyle O'Reilly. Richards picked up the win. 
don't know too much about that. Apparently described as being an amazing match, but I think everyone expected it to be anyway. So um, yeah, that's a great match. And then in the main event, uh, Defiled and I two. Uh, Kevin Steen defeated Eddie Edwards, Roderick Strong and Michael Algin. Algin was the first wrestler eliminated following a release suplex to knees backbreak by Roderick Strong. Uh, Strong was the next one eliminated after he passed out in Eddie Edwards' Achilles lock. Uh, he also got leg dropped by Steen at the same time, but that was painful. Uh, that had to suck. <laughs> no wonder he passed out. <laughs> uh, and then Steen eliminated Edwards shortly after following a package pile driver on the ring apron, which means Eddie Edwards cannot uh, receive another world title shot while Steen's uh, champion. So I don't think he was going to get one anytime soon anyway, obviously with the American Wars. But I suppose, that, I, like... I suppose that adds something to the American Wars sort of storyline or whatever now that neither of them could go after the world title. So they're sort of fully focused on the tag title sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, li- I like that neither uh, Richards or Edwards can get a paddle shot. So they have nothing to do but focus on the tag team to try to make it as best as they can. Yeah, I've got nothing against that. I think that's a, that was probably the... Yeah. That was, I think that was the smartest move they could have done. Yeah, I think so as well. So yeah, that, that match looks good as well. And on paper, they both look pretty strong for house shows. Um, so in my opinion, the Dearborn one looks slightly better, but I think, yeah, both of them... They both look like shows I'm thinking about picking up, which is something I couldn't say much last year. Yeah, the house shows last year at times were, you know, weren't great, were they? But these two, yeah, these two are definitely ones I'll be looking to pick up as well, so... I suppose that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the, the aim of the house shows to try and get as many people to buy them on DVD as possible. So, yeah, good job by Ring of Honor there. The booking, I thought, you know, there's nothing bad. Uh, you know, Matt Hardy won, but, what, you know, what are we going to do about that? But the rest of it looked good. You know, the matches were apparently really good, and the crowds for both shows were good as well. So it sounded like a pretty good uh, and successful weekend for Ring of Honor. So I'm sure they'll be happy with that. So we'll now move on to the uh, listener topics uh, and questions that you've sent in. Um, you can do this by posting on our forum, rhworld.com slash forum. Uh, tweet us at rh underscore world or go to our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash rhworld. We are, uh, you can just post it at any time of the week and we'll talk about it when we record. We normally record on Tuesdays or Thursdays, but uh, yeah, post it whenever and we'll get to it. Uh, the first ones come from the forum. We have uh, Burnside, who posted this last week, but obviously with the Michael Elgin interview, we couldn't uh, discuss it. It's a great, great show last week, gentlemen. Here are my heel, here are my heel questions. Do we really need more heel questions? We seem to have loads of them. Um, he says Dave Meltzer reported last week that Nigel was removed from the RH broadcast booth due to management disliking his British accent. In light of this, have you considered replacing yourselves on this show so that it would be more American-friendly? <laughs> or perhaps as a compromise, you could deliver the entire podcast using fake American accents. Well, John, let's hear, great at fake. Let's hear your fake American accent. Oh, I, can't, I can't really do one. Maybe I'll read something out in it. Uh, he says, because following Sinclair's logic, it's quite clear at the moment that not many of the Americans listening to you can understand the word Harry or Steve say. That's a good point. Maybe we need to... Uh, yeah, I have no idea what you're saying half the time. <laughs> so just so try out that try out that American accent real quick. I don't know. I need something to say. I can't just. What should I say? Uh, I'll just read out the the next part of his. The next part is sort of quite critical of you, John. So I'm gonna say it in my American accent so it doesn't sound like I'm I'm criticizing you. Okay. Um. 
Similarly, have you considered replacing John as newsreader with someone who can read the news out loud coherently? I understand he's only had 71 episodes to polish his technique, but I'm just not sure it's quite clicking. You sound like a southern robot. <laughs> That's good. But I will try to improve my news technique moving forward. It's 72 ep- now, no, now 73 episodes. It's it's not a lot, Burnside. You know, I'm still struggling to remember what my name is. So, but yeah. also remember, we haven't always had the news, so it's quite less than that. It's probably yeah, it's probably 70 rather than 73. Exactly. <laughs> um. We have a post. It's a troll post by Marcus, but unfortunately, this it's more sort of a visual thing. I don't know if you're on the forum at the moment. Um, I am not. I can go there though. If I just quickly link you to the thread, uh, he says just one question this week: Is QT Marshall actually Spanky from the Little Rascals grown up? And he's put picture, and he does actually look like, a lot like QT Marshall. QT Marshall has a lot less hair than that now. Yes, and just a quick side note, The Little Rascals was probably one of my favorite movies growing up. I've never heard of it. I, I'm not... Uh, with, with, with Spanky and Alfalfa and Darla and Uh-Huh. Well, his second question is, does that make R.D. Evans the gay rich kid? <laughs> he does actually look quite a lot like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose that's quite a visual thing. So if you want to head over to the RH World Forum... And look at the RHCast thread where you can post your questions. Marco has linked two images. And they do actually look remarkably like Marshall and, and R.D. Evans. Um, question from Can You Say This? Uh, three questions, in fact. First one. One thing I always enjoyed about RH at the start were, to me, it was less storylines and more rivalries. And to me, the greatest was Joe versus CM Punk. Ever since then, I, s- I then... Ever since then, I saw Nigel versus Brian become the second best rivalry, then Generica versus Steen, followed by Davey versus Eddie. What do you think will be the next big rivalry that makes RH a place to watch? That's a good question. I think if Cole is around long enough, it could possibly be, possibly be Cole and O'Reilly or Cole and Elgin. But I don't think uh, Adam Cole is going to be around long enough for either of those to develop into the rivalry that matches the level of the ones you named. Yeah, that's a, that is a tough one. I mean, I mean, the generic and Steam one was so, I mean, the three that you mentioned and, you know, Davey and Eddie wasn't, wasn't up there in my opinion with those three. Um, just in terms of the whole, the, the way they had, you know, the, the, the reason behind the rivalry and everything was a bit crap. Cheesy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a, I think it's, you know, any sort of question like this, I think it has to involve Cole, because he's just so good. Uh, yeah, maybe Cole and O'Reilly, if, but, you know, these sort of things, they take a good few years to really, you know, really kick off, so... Uh, maybe maybe Richards and O'Reilly? Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the outside shot of Strong and Elgin. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that as an outside bet, yeah, Strong and Elgin. Yeah, I'd probably go with Strong and Elgin, because I think... I think Algin will be around longer than Cole, um, but who knows? I mean, I think at the moment that you know Cole and Algin are both doing so well, so we you know that they, they could be gone from Ring of Honor by the end of 2013. So who knows? But uh, yes, yeah, that's a good question. The second one is, what was your first ever RH match you ever watched, and first ever pay per view slash eye pay per view? Is it still good today to watch, and do you still enjoy watching that match or pay per view? 
I don't remember my first match. It was for people in the UK. We used to have a channel called the Wrestling Channel that uh, showed Ring of Honor. Um, around say about 2005, I'd say 2006, something like that. And I watched sort of bits and, and pieces of Ring of Honor, and I used to watch when it was on there. But I never really, you know, I was quite young still back then, so I never really got that much into Ring of Honor, and I never really followed it sort of that much. Um, my first ever iPay-per-view was uh, Death Before Dishonor 8. Um, it was both mine and Harry's, actually. Um, and uh, mine. <laughs> and yours. That was sort of the, the starting point of our sort of love for Ring of Honor, I think. I think we'd both got bored of WWE and TNA and we'd heard of Ring of Honor so I'd seen bits of it before and we're like well let's let's give them a shot and that mat that um that show was just brilliant I mean uh that main event of Tyler Black and David Richards we were just we were just taken aback by it really I mean when you've watched TNA and WWE to a lesser extent for so long and you actually see a match like that it's like wow you know you it's so different uh what you know Ring of Honor was so different back then it's like wow um so yeah, that was that was the first show, well, the first I pay per view. The first match, I can't really remember what it was. It would have been around like 2005, Mark. But yeah, the first match that I sort of really remember being sort of taken aback by was probably the Tyler Black and Richards main event of that show. Um, do you remember the first match you watched, John? Um, the first show I watched was the first ever uh, Ring of Honor on HDNet show, which I believe the first match on that was Kenny King and Sammy Callahan. No, it was Delirious and Jerry Lynn was the first match on that show. I remember now. And the main event of that show was J- Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, and that's really what hooked me on because I just became, instantly became a big fan of Jimmy Jacobs based on his promos leading up to that match. And then the match itself was really good. Um, The first IP review I bought was Death Before Dishonor 8. Uh, that's only because I missed – I was unable to order both the first final battle I pay per view and then the Big Bang. So I didn't have a choice but to wait until until Death Before Honor eight. But the first DVD I bought would be Death Before Dishonor not Death Before Honor, uh, Glory by Honor with the uh, Ladder War two and the final matches in Ring of Honor for uh, Danielson and McGinnis. Yeah, that was that was that I think that was one of my first DVDs as well. It was such a great show that was from top to bottom really, but that main event was especially good. Yeah, and that event still holds up when we watch it today. Yeah. I mean I've got I've I'm pretty sure I've got Death Force on Array on D V D. I remember buying it afterwards and yeah, I think if I watched that show again today it would still it'd still be amazing, that Tyler Black and David Richards match. That and just the way it starts out with the Generico and Steen match too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, that was quite a good sort of place to sort of get back into Ring of Honor as well, and like fully and start to follow him because that, you know, it sort of, uh, it had sort of everything. And obviously, you know, it was, you had Steen and Generico as well. So it's sort of, you got, you know, you got to know about that. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of other good matches on that show as well. So um, yeah, that was my first sort of show of me following Ring of Honor full time. Um, third question uh, In 2004, before Punk versus Joe, one was about to happen. They gave Joe a new RH World title in recognising that Joe turned the RH heavyweight title into an RH World title. After the match, Homicide came in and stole a new title from Joe. Do you know or did they ever say whatever happened to that title? Please forgive the spelling. No, I don't. I've never heard anything about it. Um, I, I I don't know, unfortunately. That's maybe something we could look into, but um, I do remember hearing about that. 
but I, no, I don't know uh, what happened to that belt. I don't know if it. I should imagine there was some sort of reason why they got rid of it. Maybe it was broken or something. Maybe Joe snapped it trying to put it around his waist or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, thanks for those three questions. Can you say this? That was uh, they were very good. And yes, I can say this. So uh, thank you. Uh, we got. A... We had four questions. Yeah. Yeah, see? He's he's automatically got a question. He hasn't even posted one. Um, one on Twitter, at uh, I'm Quite Good, asks, which wrestlers should RH get, try to get back this year, or which wrestlers should they give tryouts to? Which wrestlers should they get back? The Young Bucks, without a doubt, that, sh- that would make the tag division even better. Um, I'd love to see him get Kenny King back if things with him and TNA didn't work out. Then could have get A and X back as well, and then we'd even, you know, we'd have so many teams, we wouldn't know what to do with them. Um, any other people I should try and get back? Um, well, possibly TJP. He's always a reliable hand to put yeah, on. Yeah, TJP would be good. They misuse him really badly, I think. Uh, get the bravados back when they've come back from Japan and actually use them properly and put them as either decide whether you're going to have them face or heel and just put them like that rather than just have them be face one match and then the next match have them heal. Um, which wrestlers should they give tryouts to? I mean, I'm not, I don't really watch much wrestling at all, to be honest, that isn't Ring of Honor, so I'm not... Obviously, I know like the major sort of indie names, but most of them are signed, by, signed to Gabe, aren't they? So. Um, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not tryouts, but I'd love to see them give Matt Taven an ACH. They're not really tryouts because they've been somewhat regular appearances lately, but give them... A contract and have them appear more full time. Same with Silas Young, because I think those three would really fill out the the singles roster and really make this uh, the Ring of Honor current Ring of Honor roster just that much better. And as for tryouts, I'm not really sure who there who there could be to try out out those not already under contract with a different promotion. Yeah, I mean I'm sure there's some guys that are sort of lesser known, but as I say, I don't you know I don't really watch any wrestling that isn't isn't Ring of Honor, so I don't, I'm not 100%. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few good guys in the UK, but obviously, you know, they're, they're never going to be signed by ROH, mainly because of the the uh, the travel. But, um, no, I, I think, yeah, definitely, uh, ACH would be a good one. I, mean, I know he's doing stuff for Gabe, isn't he? But he, he can't be signed because he's obviously been on Ring of Honor uh, shows a couple of times. Matt Taven, we haven't seen him for a while, have we? He was... Quite, it was sort of a semi-regular on the TV taping, wasn't it? And then there was that match at Boiling Point for the the, the uh, contract, which QT Marshall won, and everyone thought that Taven was going to win that. And I'm sure, wasn't there some sort of rumour saying he was going to be signed by WWE? Yeah, I remember hearing that, but he hasn't been on WWE yet. Yeah, I think I think that was the reason... Well, I, th- I thought that was the reason why they didn't have Taven win, was because there was rumours of him going to WWE, but maybe yeah, that fell through or whatever. Yeah, he reason. appeared in the... He's in the top prospects tournament. Yeah, obviously now he's you know he's returned. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind him winning that. Maybe have him and you know it looks like Martini's going to pair with someone from that top prospects tournament. So maybe have him and Taven. That won't be that might be interesting. Um, yeah, I think Silas Young isn't. He's what just one of those guys that you you know, you know you're going to get a good match out of him. You know he can have a fresh match with most people on the roster because he hasn't been around for too long recently. So he's another guy, yeah. And yeah, someone like ACH would be a good one, good one as well. Um, do we have? A, yeah, we have some on Facebook as well. Uh, Mr. Des 
asks, uh, obviously, Mr. Des Delgadillo of uh, RH World writing fame and occasional guest on the podcast. He asks, what do you think of the fancy new RH on SBG intro consisting of prolific Kevin Kelly calls such as OR and soaring and scoring? I think we've already discussed that we weren't big fans of the way they've ruined it, but that's Kevin Kelly for you, I guess. And somebody actually created a thread on the forum with a list of Kevin Kelly's sort of uh, best sayings. I think it was Marcus, actually. Yeah, it was. It's, uh, yeah, in, in the on the uh, Killer Instinct show, he did say a lot of uh, weird stuff. Um, there was one about yeah, about Steve Carino, and he's yeah, Marcus got the quote here, and he's put now's Jay Lethal's parents are at ringside, fans, and uh, Carino is a uh, Steve Carino for a long time has a less than positive, shall we say, relationship with the Lethal family. <laughs> he's like that doesn't yeah, you know, he just. You're obviously trying to think of stuff to say, and that's just... I mean, we've never heard of Steve Carino having a bad relationship with Lethal's family, have we? No, in uh, fact, doesn't, doesn't Carino say he used to date Jay Lethal's mom? <laughs> I think so. I think it's more Lethal and Steve that have got the problem, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that... <laughs> I love Mark Briscoe, and I love the way that he comes at you. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Uh... <laughs> Aaron asks what do you think will uh, sorry who do you think will dethrone Kevin Steen for the title and also who will win the RH title first Elgin or Cole I think this is a question we get every single week um, I think it's got to be Jay Lethal yeah. to be the next I, I, I still think I mean someone posted on the, a thread on the forum saying who do you think will be the next champion and I mean, it, it seems logical to be lethal, and you know, there seems to be building him up to be next champion. So I'd have to say lethal. Um, I mean, really, I, I can't see anybody outside of lethal or Algin. To be honest, outside of those two, I just can't really see anyone else winning it. Um, who do you think will win the Irish title first, Algin or Cole? Um, I think I think Elgin. Yeah, I think Elgin as well. I, do, I don't think Cole will be here long enough to be world champion, to be honest. I'd, yeah, love, I'd love him my... too, but... Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be, see him stay around for five, six years, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Elgin first, but I'd love to see both guys uh, get run with the t- belt. Uh, Bill asks, if RH had known Generico was going to sign with WWE, do you think he would have won at Final Battle? Also, do you believe there will be another two times world champion, and if so, who? But surely, if they knew he was going to sign for WWE, they wouldn't have had him win because there'd be no point in him being world champion if he was going to leave like two weeks after. Yeah, I I think the plan was all along for him to lose, regardless of whether he's going to sign or not. I mean, he hasn't been in WWE the last year, but Ring Run haven't really used him much, have they? I don't think that was any sort of reason to to that. Um, think there'll be another two-time world champion eventually i think so yeah um I, I think so too do you think that guy's already on the roster yeah i think roderick strong will be two times world champion i think Strongle deserves another run um i mean ed edwards hmm, I, not for a good while or, or richards i mean i think they'll be involved with the american wars for quite a while so yeah i mean i i i, I like strong i think he's you know he's very reliable and I think his character's always been pretty good. I think his initial title round was a bit disappointing because of the the challenges that were you know put in with him, and some of his title matches weren't 
necessarily memorable. So I, w- I would like him to have another title title reign. I think that'd be quite entertaining. So yeah, I, th- I think I think Strong. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be Roderick Strong. I think is I think Roderick Strong is going to be the next one. I think Eddie Edwards could possibly be another candidate to be the two-time champion. Yeah. Only because his first reign was so short and really just a transitional reign to get Davy the belt and it kind of created a little bit of tension between the American Wolves at the same time. And I think he de- he's been so good for so long, he deserves some kind of long reign as Ring of Honor champion. But I think the next guy to be the two-time champion is Roderick Strong because he's just the type of guy who can pretty much go wherever he is on the card. He can you know, move down the TV title, but he's still believable as a main event guy. And he's just so good and so reliable to yeah. always put on good to great matches. And he's really come on as a heel these la- this last year or so. And I think he could work really well as a heel champion for an extended period of time. Yeah, I mean, as, if you were booking, he was he would be one of the top guys you'd want as champion. As you say, he's so reliable. You know, you're going to get a great match out of him. He's he's you know he's he's good on the mic. He he's got a good character, and I think yeah, he's just sort of the sort of guy that you'd, you'd want to be champion. Um, you know, I think Davey's been saying for the last few years that he's going to retire soon. So I think he'll probably leave or whatever before winning again. So yeah, I think Edwards and uh, Strong both have pretty decent chances of becoming two-time more champion. Um, Macklin asks, who do you guys think takes the title off of Cole? So this is a, who's the next uh, TV champion? Yeah, that's a good one, I think. That could be, I mean, with the, you know, the world title, I think there's only a couple of people at the moment, but I think there's, you know, the TV title, it could be anyone, really. Um, I think the thing we bring up on at the moment is that maybe the booking is too sort of predictable. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Eddie Edwards title win, I mean, no one expected that, especially because it was a, a, just a house show as well. I mean, I remember sort of following the results online and people were tweeting that Eddie Edwards had won the title and I was like, oh, you know, these people are just trolling. And then I found out he actually won it. I was like, wow. You know. um, I think, you know, it, it's been a while since there's been sort of a title win, I think, that's been like really sort of out of the blue and not been expected so I'd like to see some of that with the TV title maybe um, maybe Brutal Bob can get his rematch maybe not that out of the blue um, <laughs> I honestly would Hardy? be surprised if it was Charlie Haas yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't be totally against Charlie Haas winning the belt um, I, 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 I saw a lot of people sort of I think Charlie Haas is, a, is do you have Marmite over there in America I don't know if you do you have what Marmite Marmite? I think you I think you have it in America, but you call it something else. It's called like, is it called Vegemite maybe? Vegemite? Yeah, we have so, yeah we have something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, well that's that's basically it's called Marmite over here, and it the their sort of slogan is you either hate it or you either love it or you hate it, and that's basically Charlie Haas. He's Marmite. You either love him or you hate him, and I know a lot of people on the former saying they don't particularly like him and they think he's terrible in the ring and he's not very entertaining. But I think he's yeah, I don't think he's terribly you know awesome in the ring but you know he's decent he's enough he's good enough to get by with. yeah he's just again he's a sort of guy that if you put the right guy in with him you'll, you'll get a good match out of him and he's not gonna put on a 45 minute classic but he's you know he's been around long enough to know how to sort of carry a match and you know put a match together and I, I personally i think he's probably the most entertaining guy in ring of honor at the moment i think he's i don't particularly like his whole his youtube video things i think they've got a bit just a bit boring now but I think, uh, you know, events and uh, at shows, I think he's brilliant. 
I guess nobody gets the heat that he gets. No. Just walking out, people hate him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against Haas being the next TV t- uh, champion. Um, who else? Matt Hardy? Oh, God. Matt doesn't know. Matt Hardy should never hold a title in Ring of Honor because that would go down in history and that would not be good. Um, well, what about the winner of the Top Prospects tournament? Like no. getting a surprise win at the anniversary show. It would depend who wins the Top Prospect tournament. Just say it's uh, ACH or Silas Young. As long as it's not QT Marshall, then maybe. Maybe a Matt Taven and uh, with a Truth Martini winning the belt. I don't know. That might be interesting. Um, I hope they give it to someone who sort of needs it rather than someone... Like, I hope someone like Elgin or someone doesn't win it because he doesn't need the TV title. Like, when Strong won it, he didn't really need it. Yeah. Um, like, when Lethal had it for so long, he didn't really need it. At least with Cole, it sort of helped him... You know, progress, and I think they need to give it to someone who's gonna, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a champer when he comes back. Uh, you know, Mike Bennett. I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's so many guys that they could have win the TV. I think Mike title. Bennett's way past the TV title. I think that ship's run its course. Yeah, that was final battle 2011, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's the end of the questions. I'll quickly. I like how you name like half the Ring of Honor roster. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how with the TV title, any anyone can really win it. Uh, who would like to win it? I'd probably say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Champa. Uh, I'm not sure how he'd beat Cole or how that would work, but I'd like Champa to win the TV title. Um, I don't think we have any more questions, so that's the end of this week's show. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, Harry's out still celebrating the release of Tubby Toucan, which you can now get on the App Store for iPad only, or Tubby Toucan for our American and... Do Canadians say like that as well? I guess they do. I, I, don't, know. I don't know what Canadians say. I, we should have asked Michael Elgin last week. Yeah, we should have. Uh, that should have been our first question. How do you say Toucan? Yeah, um, yeah so I hope you enjoyed episode 73 of RH Cast. Uh, thanks for joining me, John. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, we'll see you all guys uh, next week. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 73 of RH Cast. I am RH World Stephen. No, I'm not RH World Stephen, am I?